Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Tone Alex podcast. I'm your host James and I'm joined as always by my good friend Timmy Long. Hi everyone. Sean is on the old light and sound. How are you, Sean? Not too bad, how are you? Happy New Year, Thank you. RT is in the studio as well, doing a bit of recording with us. But the main man, Roy O'Donovan, is our guest today. How are you, Roy? Great, thanks for having me, guys. Great to have you here. You're here from Australia? Yep. yep but you're, you're an Ari? I am. What part? I'm from Torndale in Dublin Hill. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, where yeah. I'm originally from. Mm. Grew up there, played army. School by football with Leeds growing up. Leeds, uh, yeah, uh, And uh, Blarney Street for a year, so. Mm. Full north side, I have Leeds, my badge to. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds, strong. Yeah, yeah. Leeds were one of the strongest teams in Cork back yeah, then. Monday. They were, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Won everything and so much, like you know yourself, there's so much talent, and that's what we're probably going to touch on today. Yeah. So much talented footballers yeah. came through the north side. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that, like, you know, Cork City, Cove Ramblers, um, and just going across the water, there's not more talent that's gone on to yeah. do great things, you know. But even in the Irish setup at the moment, there's a Savage Cork representation. There is, it's great, you know? yeah, yeah, there is, it's fantastic. And the game has changed a bit. I mean, it's a, a very athletic game now, and uh, but I mean, a lot of the things we're going to talk about today about resilience and yeah. having a strength of character that's that yeah. kind of comes back to the basics of it, really, yeah. doesn't it? You know, but you know, when you were playing with Leeds when you were a schoolboy, was it just raw talent you were born with? Like, our, I know, I know there's a lot of hard work and dedication, but you know, in the early days, did you stand out amongst your peers? No, I, I would say what kind of got me into it really was that I was out on the road and I hadn't a clue about soccer when I was about seven, mm. and everyone else was kicking the ball around, and I was trying to catch it, and you know, I didn't have yeah, a clue, like, you know, yeah. and you're kind of half embarrassed. So I said, oh, I'm going to try this now and get my dad to teach me how to play. And mm. he was, he was a Man United fan, he used to watch Man United games, and I kind of got into watching it. And luckily enough, the attributes I did have, I was very quick. Yeah. Yeah. So when we started playing ball, uh, if the ball went past someone, I could beat them in a race to get there, and all the technical stuff comes later on. Yeah. But what I always loved was was scoring goals, mm-hmm. winning games. That and that kind of has got me through my whole career. That's that's the enjoyment f- for me, and mm-hmm. um, the team spirit, winning games, scoring goals, and that's that's the fun part of football for me. Like. You're actually our first podcast of 2023. Mm, yeah, there we so, go. Yeah, there you go. And you're actually home from. Australia at the moment, where yes. you're living at, at the moment. Yeah. So, if if we just bring it back to maybe growing up, playing with Leeds, yeah. and, and how it progressed from there then to yeah. maybe into moving to England. Yeah, well, I suppose I just, I got this obsession with football. So, I went from not caring about it and all my buddies on the street kind of playing ball to being never wanting to be without a football. I was mm. just... The neighbours must have hated me. I was out at seven in the morning on a Saturday, kicking the ball against the wall after school, um, dragging my dad out in the freezing cold to test out my new boots and trying to find nets somewhere I could lash the ball in. Uh, All that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that's the right word, obsession. I just love football, loved everything about it, love watching players. You probably the same, Premier League sticker books. Were you a Man United fan yourself? Man United fan, yeah. Yeah. I saw you the likes of uh, who my idols at the time would have been Eric Cantona for pure yeah, flair, yeah. but obviously Roy Keane, Dennis Irwin. Do you know when I was a smiley, my dad and my brother, they followed Leeds. Yeah. So uh, normally I was about seven or eight then, Leeds won the league, but didn't Cantona leave. That's right. So yeah, I, yeah. No, you're, you're born into who you follow, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, So I left with Cantona to yeah. Man United, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, with Man United. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're allowed to do it, you're yeah, about yeah. seven or eight. Yeah, you're all right. You're pushing right. it after yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But Cantona was the big influence on me as well, do you know, it was the flair, the charisma, it was, you know, engrossing, yeah. wasn't it? The personality, yeah. I think. Mm. And that's kind of what's lost a lot in the game now, I think uh, he played 
uh, with personality, he spoke with personality, he was different. I think that's what people like, you know, they like mm. somebody's different, has something different to say. Yeah. He wore his collar up, like, you know, it's, mm. it's a little thing, but nobody wore the collar up, like, you know. But the thing with him as well is, like, when United needed a big goal, yes. way to Newcastle, or the, yeah. he always yeah. came up with the big yeah. goal. Yeah, well, when he came back from his band that time, he was... Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, peak of his powers and FA Cup final going against That's Liverpool, right. all that kind of yeah. unbelievable. How did you end up at Blarney Street? So, uh, so that was controversial at the time. It was, was yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously, I, I spent all my my formative years at Leeds, and I loved it. And uh, we, I was in the Cork Handy Cup team under 13s where I met kind of Daniel Barnes really properly, yeah, who was yeah. the super agent that brought all this together today. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was he got a few of us from the Cork team to go up and play there for a year. So there was lads coming up from. Ring Mahan, Cove, and a couple of lads from Leeds came up, and we we had a good time. We were successful as well at Blarney Street, but uh, but yeah, it was a controversial move at the time. Yeah, yeah. we used to have fierce battles with Blarney Street, but no fan back in the yeah, day. Bet, yeah. have good old crowd holding oh, you back. That's it, yeah, up, up on the side of the pitch there. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you were losing, there'd be a burnt car come on somewhere <laughs> like a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the game be hard, and then you get your breather. Yeah. So, when did the interest from England come? Uh, yeah, well, when I was at Leeds, um, I went away on my first try when I was about eleven. Yeah, I went to Wolves at eleven. Yeah, and uh, like from eleven year old. I know it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, uh, Donny Buckley who was involved at Leeds at the time. His mother actually was one of the. She actually started Leeds. Uh, Mary, um, he was one of the coaches of the older team, and uh, he took a bit of a shine to me. And he brought myself and Stephen Ireland mm. over and tried. Yeah. Um, and he just gave us. He called it to the house, and he was kind of saying to my mum and dad, "I know, no, he's he's very young, but it'd be good to give him a taste." Of what it's all about there's nothing going to come of it he can't go anywhere till he's you know yeah. a teenager but it'd be good to go and see it i'll go with them uh the only thing i will say he said is like don't be wearing any other team's gear you know it's very yeah, disrespectful yeah. like you know yeah. you're wearing man united tracksuit or yeah, liverpool yeah. jersey right no bother mom and dad got me in you know proper just playing adidas tracksuit and off i went turned up at the airport and there's Stephen Ireland wearing his full man united tracksuit ready to go like you know <laughs> Donny's probably like that, like, you know, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I was over and back to, to, uh, to Wolves then from you know, every kind of six months or so just, and I was probably going to, probably going to sign there because it was kind of go, it used to go all right, but uh, I broke my leg um, under 12s or 13s and it kind of put me out for a few months uh, and then they wanted to kind of see me again and um, it kind of wasn't a guarantee. So, yeah. Uh, do, you know uh, the, do you know the leg break? Yeah. That can be... That a lot of players lose their confidence mm. and they lose a little bit of their bottle yeah. when they break a leg because it stops you from going in one hundred percent. Do you think that may have that that early leg break may have yeah kind of dented your confidence a little bit? You know, maybe a little bit, but I suppose the the beauty of it, I was so young yeah. that you know you're kind of indestructible when you're kind of that age. Mm. You, you know, you still the, had the hunger. Yeah, absolutely, the it. desire, the hunger. When I was had the cast on and the crutches and yeah, all that, yeah. you know, was, there's still that like going to come back better and stronger I had that yeah. kind of a stubbornness about me like and I think that's kind of what stood to me I think that's a bit of a cork thing as well in the kind of you know prove yeah. people stick it up people prove people wrong yeah, and, you know yeah. a bit of that as far as my nephew he plays uh, he's striker for Rockmount uh, right. at the moment yeah. but uh, last year they won all around them the Munster Senior League the FA Intermediate Cup and another cup uh, but he broke his leg in the last he missed all the finals and the trophies right. you know yeah. so he snapped his shin in training and when he came back he was saying to me like um he just wanted to get a goal as early as possible, just to kind of you know you still have it. Like, yeah. and his first game, he started, he scored a hat trick, but this is one of the best hat tricks you'll see. Right. Was a bicycle kick, there was a rocket from forty yards. But I saw you afterwards, but mm-hmm. it's about like just, just like when you get over the injury, just get that first goal and say right, we're we're at it again. So yeah. important, the human the human mind as well. Like you kind of have to kind of trick it into thinking that you're you're back and you're you're flying because mm-hmm. there's always self doubt in any, anything you do. You have these you know feelings, emotions natural yeah. but uh, as you said that first goal probably just lifted a weight off and then and yeah. he scored a bicycle kick and all that after. so Wolves didn't happen it didn't happen no so uh, I was kind of back to square one then so I went as we talked about Kennedy Cup with Cork uh, they have I, a holders of it now you know that they, won, they won last that's year that's right yeah. they, they win it quite regular now yeah, yeah it was, yeah, it was yeah. kind of a, a Dublin uh, yeah. rule back in the day yeah. yeah and we lost to Dublin the final our year as well yeah. Um but yeah, so going to the Kennedy Cup, then I was coming back from uh, a broken ankle, just about made it back in time, and, and I was still in the squad. And uh, you know, you're hoping to be spotted, mm. and some more trials, and, and this, this dream can still be alive, kind of yeah. thing. 
Um, I played okay at the tournament, scored a few goals, we got to the final. Um, but there wasn't a huge amount of kind of trials or interest came out of it mm-hmm. for me. Um, and, you know... What age was that then? That was on thir- under 13s. Thir- and I... Cocky little kid. And I was little. I mean, like, I think growing up, my name was Roy Maradona. Cause I, right. I, more because I was smaller than anything else. But yeah. Yeah. Not, not because of the, uh, yeah. the dazzling talent. But I, yeah. I, I was pretty good. I'm not sure I was that good. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, the, again, that was a bit of a... Shop to the system because you know I was usually you know told oh, you're the best and mm-hmm. scoring all the goals and all you know mm. so now all of a sudden it's kind of broke the leg and gone away with with, with Cork and it's not gone um, perfectly mm-hmm. as such you know yeah. so it's just a little little challenge for me that I kind of had to overcome and going back then to my club football back to Leeds again started going well scoring goals kind of found my rhythm again and I had an opportunity to go and try it to to Coventry when I was about um, fourteen then so that. Was Gordon Strachan there at the time? Gordon Strachan was the first team manager there at the time. Um, they had great players. They were Premier League. They were Premier League club, yeah. yeah. So you'd like to Robbie Keema there at that time. Yeah, that's like right. Like the Hadji Chipo, Gary McAllister. So they were yeah, the whole team. Didn't yeah, they? yeah, they were. They were good. Uh, uh, they were good. Uh, they were. They were in the Premier League for a long time at the time. So go to go on there and and seeing the the quality that they had and it was exciting for me. You know, mm. butterfly seeing all yeah. the stars and watching a match of the day at the weekend. You know, it, <laughs> it was brilliant. So uh, so yeah, I went there and won trial. There was a lot of Irish lads there. Just felt great. It was a great week, great fun. Dublin lads, uh, Kerry lads, a couple of lads from Limerick, and uh, in the end, it went well. They wanted to sign me, and uh, they ended up signing about I think nine or ten Irish lads from my youth team. Yeah. So um, it was great. It was Jeez. yeah, yeah. So it was. So you know, how does that work then? If if some no no, I know it's yeah. completely different yeah. at the moment because of of. Um, the age thing, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how does it? How did it work back then? If you were fourteen, mm. how does somebody? How how does somebody uh, sign for a team? Yeah, I think I think initially you weren't allowed. Then go until you were sixteen. Yeah, and I actually went away when I was fifteen, kind of unofficially. They said come for half a season, and we give you extra training and get yourself ready for it. So I left school after junior cert. Mm. At fifteen, left my my mom and dad, um, family home to go and. And obviously it was a, a dream, desire. I was the one yeah. wanting to go. I mean, obviously my mum and dad were probably thinking, Jesus, mm. he's very young. and no. he probably, you, you know, you mature for, the, for your age, do you think? Uh, Are we still... Uh, I don't know. I think you, you, you find out your maturity as you go along. I think yeah. I got more mature because of that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like when I went away and I was, yeah, I can't wait to go. I'll probably make it within a month. You know, you know you're kind of dead yeah. confident. Dead then you go the first week and this is how old I am now. I'm on the payphone and at the on the on the weekend after the game, and the game went great. The first game with the U team, whatever, and I'm on the phone just crying my eyes out to the family, like homesick. Yeah. And I, I was, in fairness, my, my dad said, "Look, you can come home if you want. It's your choice." He said, "But what do you want more?" He kind of put it on me then a bit, like yeah. you know. And I was, oh look, yeah, no, I don't want to come home. I want to play football. Da, da, da. So. That's part of the process. Like. That was it, and he was like, "Look, stick it out for another week, see how you feel." And, and in the end, you kind of you get used to it, and yeah. the homesick doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Even now in Australia, it doesn't go away. But you get, you know, yeah, coping strategies to deal with it, and listen to a few podcasts like yeah, yourselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of Irish music, whatever. Have mates that speak mm-hmm. the same, have the same crack. Yeah, yeah. You know, you learn to kind of deal. We've had um, in the studio before Patsy Fran yes. and Garrod Morrissey yes. and they found it difficult, the homesickness was, mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say there's a lot of people go there and they come home. It's like an, another thing as well. So when you're, when you're playing soccer, like you spoke about, you know, playing on the street, playing for Leeds, it's for the joy of the game mm-hmm. because we love soccer and we want to, you know, we have these dreams. But then when you go to England, it's kind of more of a business, it's a bit more rootless. Is yes. it difficult to make that transition? It is a big culture change. Um, and it's like you're, you're a number, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a human being, your individuality is completely... And is it a case of like in Cork, you're Roy Maradona yeah, and yeah. you're the best and then yeah. you go over there and it's like the best of the best are in the squad. Exactly. There's there's millions there's millions more can do what you can do. Yeah. So just perform. Yeah. And that's it. And that's difficult for a 15 year old kid mm. to get used to. And they uh, there's kind of this kind of culture of they almost want to they break you down. They break down all this kind of bravado, confidence, whatever you want to call it. The ego. <laughs> they break that down to try and build you up but I never got that. I never got why you need to 
take the spark out of someone, you know? Because yeah. you kind of touched on it there, people come back, they come back a bit broken. Mm. I've seen a lot of talented, talented yeah. players. Mm. We spoke about a couple, they come back, they still have all the talent, but they can't get themselves going again. They're a bit broken emotionally, mm. physically mm. probably, fatigued from, from what went down in England that it didn't happen there. Yeah. And they can't make a work in League of Ireland. Mm. You know, and, and League of Ireland is tough. It is tough, and you, but you really, it's, it's a m more of a mindset mm. than a talent thing because you have had the talent to get away in the first place. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think it, it does. It, it kind of leaves people kind of. Um, and you know what? Depend, a lot of that depends on your upbringing. Mm. Who's after bringing you up? What yes. way you're after being bring brought up? Yes. What kind of beliefs you have about yourself? Mm -hmm. Have you stable home come from? Have you very got important. The, have you got the resources yeah. to buy you the boost very that you important. need? To, have you got mm -hmm. the car to bring you to the training? Yeah. These have you got someone to lean on? Listen, yeah. We, we we all know fellas that could have went across the water because yeah. they were absolutely gifted. Yes. At soccer. Yes. But because of the upbringing they had, and getting involved in stuff at a young age. They stopped at the age of 14 or 15 exactly. and got involved in drugs and drink. Yeah. You know? There's one fellow from Blarney Street, who I won't name, but really stands out. He was like, and at Blarney Street with a good team, and he was the best player. Mm -hmm. And uh, he could have been what he wanted to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of difficulties. He had very tough, I know you're on about, he had a very yeah. tough uh, background, but the nicest bloke in the world. Super mm -hmm. talented. Amazing. Both feet, quick, everything. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, just it wasn't God's plan. Unfortunately, he didn't have to maybe someone to lean on. Yeah, that could help him but, along the way. But there's a lot yeah. of people like that in there. They're fr from the north side. There's a huge amount of talent, mm. but for the loads of other obstacles in the way, and it doesn't work out. But you had a stable home. You were coming from. You know, yeah. you had the, your father. You spoke about your yeah. father. You know, was encouraging you. Mm -hmm. He was giving you that moral support on the phone. That's really helpful fire. How did it go for you now in Coventry? Yeah, look, it went well in, in regard to you team for a couple of years. I learned a lot. I got physically stronger. Um, I suppose it was tough to get used to the cutthroat mm. environment. Yeah, 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 you know, I just... Like, I remember would that my, be from other players as well? Then, oh, yeah, because you're, like, that's, that's my, like, you're all competing yeah. for a shirt. You're all competing to move up the ranks. You're all getting the reserves, getting the first team. Yeah. We all want to make it. But there's a conveyor belt here of people coming mm. through, age groups every six months coming through, you know. Um, so it is competitive and it's very hard for young kids to put that aside and not kind of be, you know, it's hard to be friendly, mm. you know, and competitive at the same time yeah. when you're not used to it. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. it gets easier as you become an adult to become a first team player. You're all in the first team. You're all fighting for, you know, you're fighting for a shirt. But uh, as, a, as a young boy, it's hard to get used to. And, and the managers at that time, I think, weren't very kind of uh, emotionally aware either. They, they, you know, they, they, I think they were more, mm -hmm. you know, tough love. Yeah. You know, you make a mistake. They were old school too. Old school. You make a mistake, they would be down you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. You didn't know the drill, down you like a ton of bricks. You didn't do something right. You know, and I think a lot of, you see a lot of people go in their first year. Yeah, they're children. Yeah. The day, like. You know, and they're, they're used to being told, all there and I know you, you have to get you have to get at times tough love but everyone needs to be treated a little bit differently Yeah. and I think when the shock of being told you're the best all your life then all of a sudden you're in this environment of U team football yeah, yeah. and someone is lambasting you and you're not yeah. used to it I've seen a lot of people they just go that's that's them you can you can tell mm -hmm. they won't last very long you know mm -hmm. and it's you know as I said it's, it's, there's more than talent to make a career yeah. in football a lot more you need Luck, yeah. definitely, and a good head. You need a good head. You need support. Yeah. But again, even with a good head, just times that's tested as well. You said something earlier on there. You said a player, the players that do stand out are unique in their own way, and one yes. that was very unique, and we all know him very well is Roy Keane. Mm -hmm. His heart, the way he played football, mm -hmm. he just got stuck into everything. And it, I don't know, is it just the Irish people are, is it everyone in general? But just nowadays we just love <laughs> a player that gives absolutely yeah. everything yes. it's the minimum he requirement he like, doesn't have course. to be scoring goals yeah. he just has you just have to look at him giving everything he has for the team and that might be even fucking his own players old mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they're making imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mistakes. Yeah. Do you know? I think we call it tough love there. Sometimes it has to be. But, like, if you're a player like that and you're ruthless and, Mm. and, and, like, management can spot that you're a player like this, he wasn't very technical, Mm -hmm. right? And he says that himself, but he was all about the team and about winning. You know, did you see any any player that may have been similar to Roy Keane? Play him a commentary at that time. Well, I see a lot of a lot of players because he was at his pump at that time as well. Yeah. Um, and he was a bit of a cultural icon here, yeah. sports wise. You talk to mm-hmm. any rugby player, Gaelic player, they'll mention Roy Keane of that mindset. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I seen a lot of people try to mimic what he did, but uh, he was one off. I just said he played yeah. a personality. He gave his opinions. He, you know, he gave, he left everything out there on the pitch. But um, what I would say about Roy Keane as well very disciplined player mm. because you know technically physically he was so good I mean to play for Man United when they were top top team yeah. and be the top dog as well mm-hmm. you know um, but he played like in front of the back four as a midfield player and he just kept things ticking over he stopped the opposition from playing he fed the ball to Giggs Beckham scores whatever mm-hmm. it was but he could play all these he could play these big diagonal passes yeah. he can make the runs Get he can score goals. Well. he can he, yeah. he's got but some he, great but he was goals. so disciplined just to play that role and uh, he played that role very. he just knew what he was good at he knew what the team needed uh, and he was a great leader that, that, that's just me do you know what he, fan, you know what he had that I, I think uh, that you couldn't teach he had an engine in him. He had a stamina. He'd run up and down that pitch mm-hmm. for 90 minutes. And, you know, he just had, I I think, like, talent and all that. But if you don't have, I don't know, he had an engine in him. He seemed like he was never tired. He was super fit, you know. And um, he would he get you going. I think his persona in the media today kind of takes from the player that he was. He wasn't just a hatchet man. No. Do you know what I mean? He was, there was much more to him he than that. Play. He could do it all. And he just, he just done what the team needed. If they needed I, a goal, he was there. You played this. And you like, played under him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. What happened yeah. after Coventry? So after Coventry, then yeah. So look, uh, I I told you we signed nine or ten Irish lads all signed together. We all got released together as well. So at the time, Coventry had been relegated um, to the Championship, and they needed to free up some funds. We all had about a year and a half left in our contracts, and they came in, and they called us one by one, no no warning, and uh, said there's a settlement here. Take it and go on the way home. What age were you? Uh, probably eighteen. Was it a bit humbling coming back? Seventeen, eighteen. Uh, well, I stuck probably. around for a while. I kind of, yeah. I, I remember walking to the office and they're probably looking at me like I had ten heads. <laughs> and they were giving me the worst news in the world. But I kind of just the way I am, I wouldn't show weakness. Mm. Um, so I kind of just smiled. Oh, thanks very much. Shook with Gary McAllister and the U team coach's hand. Thanks very much. Um, I'll see you again. Kind of mm. thing. And they're kind of probably looking at me like you know, like he's a prick, you know. You know, and I, you know, I, 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 like, I, I said there was a lot of fellas sitting there thinking, crying. Probably, yeah. As much as it, hurt, it did hurt me, I, I, I remember it was a weird thing. I went, went back downstairs. I went into the gym, kind of done a few weights, whatever. Kind of got rid of that kind of anger. Um, and I spoke to my parents that night, and I was upset, and I was like, I can't believe it, you know. Mm. 
oh, my talent, this and that, doesn't mean anything. Um, and my dad kind of said, and, and my mom, if you want it, you'll make it happen, but mm. you, you just have to prove them wrong. And I think that's kind of, that was a trigger in my career that has made it last this long. I'm yeah. 20, 20 years from that point now, and it was a case of proving people wrong was what I, I wanted to do. And um, the best, it was ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me, really, because I had to toughen up naturally. I had to toughen up. I had to say, I had to go out in the world now here and make this happen. And I went on a few trials. I went to Colchester, Cheltenham, down the leagues. And they, yeah, they, they kind of liked me, but they had plenty of other options and mm-hmm. I didn't have time to wait around. And I got a phone call out of the blue from Pat Dolan. I had a good Christmas back in Ireland and I got a phone call early January, mm-hmm. about this time, 2005. Will I come out and do a training session with Cork City? And I said, I'd, I'd love to, love to. So I went out and trained and, I, and as I said, I had a good Christmas. So. Pat, <laughs> Pat Dolan trained him hard and I I probably fitness wise I wasn't up to task after uh, all the chocolate Kimberleys over Christmas <laughs> and uh, but he'd it, want to do himself <laughs> that's, big it, man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah but uh, but no it went, it went the, the training went well and Pat wanted me to sign but Pat was going through his own thing at the time and ultimately he got the sack mm. so I'm thinking oh my god game over yeah this was my stepping stone my chance back in and he's got the sack here now so Damien Richardson got the job, but a week before the season started, uh, he asked Jerry Harris, who was Mr. Cork City, he was chairman, kit man, everything. Yeah. He asked him and he asked Liam Murphy, who was a great player for Cork City back in the day, former mm-hmm. assistant manager as well, uh, and manager. And he, uh, and they, he asked them one thing about me. Uh, is he quick? And they said, yeah, he's, he's quick. I'm going to give him a year. And... That, that was the stepping stone, the trampoline for my career. Because Cork City gave me everything. Cork City was an absolute joy. Well, what was it like coming out to Cork City, full house, shed kicking? Unbelievable. It's like you're playing for your home city as well as the prize. Special. Honestly, it was some of the best days in my, my life. Um, the people I got to play with, playing at Turner's Cross in front of my own people. We won, the, you, we won the league. We had big European nights. Like, just unbelievable. The John Flynn and George O'Callaghan. Yes, yes, exactly. George Gambler's a special yeah, squad. Yeah, that? unbelievable. We yeah. Great team, just strong everywhere. Full of characters, mm. full of personality. Um, fun. It was fun. Damien Richardson was brilliant. Damien Richardson was somebody that let you be yourself. Mm. You know, he can knock you down as well, but he's happy to build you back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'd often got lambasted by... Damien on a Friday night after the game, you know, you're arrogant, you're lazy, you're this, you're that. <laughs> and then on a Saturday... Oh, does someone... Yeah, and, 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 like, and, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, and lads are kind of, I'm, I'm kind of ready to pull back and lads are kind of, the old lads, shut up. And then on the Saturday, then kind of grandfatherly figuring him because he was an experienced, and I, I always find yeah. experienced managers, he was able to kind of say, hey, what I was saying to you last night was, I need this, this and this from you. Moving forward, you're too good to be doing whatever it was, not tracking my runner or whatever. And, uh, but I love Damien, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. And I, because I had that relationship with him, I wanted to go through brick walls for him. And I think we all felt like that. Yeah. And we did, we, yeah. we, we won a league, we had great European nights. And as I said, some of these lads, still friends now, 20 years on, yeah, yeah. just a really close, Bonded unit, like you know, yeah, it was good when Damien Richardson came to Cork because he did have a ton of experience at that stage, you know. He did, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was just a special time for the for the Cork City FC at the time, you know. It was great, it's a young club, like it's only around since the mid 80s, and you know, that was one of the standout eras. How did it then for you in Cork City then? So, yeah, so I started out with, with Cork, I was playing on the right wing, a lot of good strikers. You had uh, John O'Flynn, uh, George used to play up there sometimes. We had Neil Fenn, Kevin Doyle, uh, Kevin Shane Doyle, Long, yeah. Dennis being loads. So they all came through as well. We were all the same team. We were all there. So I ended up playing the right wing. There was a spot there. Um, and Damien wanted someone with pace. He wanted Liam Carney on the left. Me on the right. Keep running. Be a nuisance. Service the lads. Service the strikers. Yeah. That was some strike force though, wasn't it? Yeah. Great strike force, yeah. So I just had to get past my man, put it in there. Someone's going to put their, their toe on it. There was loads of goals in that team, yeah. Mm. So... Um, but they all they all went over the next kind of eighteen months. Um, John O'Flynn was still there. Um, Kevin Doyle went. Obviously, Shane Long went, uh, and then John O'Flynn was going through a few injury things, and I got the chance kind of to go up front. Damien threw me up front. I scored a hat trick, and then I stayed as the striker then for the next year and a half. And I was banging in goals. I was 
up for player of the year in the, in the competition yeah. uh, in my second year there my last year I had 21 goals by the middle of the season Jeez. and then I had all these offers to go back to England and that. so that was that was that was 2007 um, you were 20 you were all 20 I, this I year. was 21 probably 21. yeah at this, at this point now yeah. bigger stronger yeah. faster and, and I'd played 100, yeah, and 100 games under my belt at Cork yeah. City as well I felt like a first team player I felt good I yeah. felt like no, I, I know myself and, and you know mm. I, I can have my own opinion when I go back there I can play my own game you know yeah. Um, and I, I have to Cork City to thank the lads Damien I have them to thank for that because that was a great grounding for me. That taught me how to be a first team player. Which just shows as well, you know, like yourself there now, Kevin Doyle, Shane Long, later then Shawnee McGuire. Back in the day, it was like you went over to 16, and if it didn't work for you then, that was it. Well, that's it. But these lads went over when they went in and come back over in their early 20s, you know, with the League of Ireland experience, you know. So if it doesn't work out for you when you're 16, it's not the end yeah. of the world. No. You stick yeah. at it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's not the end of the world. And I. I think that would be my point. I think it's a good thing that this rule change has come in. I know there's a few going away now to Italy and Spain and what have you. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot to be said for growing up first. Yeah. Learning your trade in the League of Ireland Academy and all, all well and good at 18, 19 after getting a few first team games under your belt. Go. Go is kind of almost a man. Yeah. You, you know? know, the Premiership teams and the Championship teams mm. are actually becoming more aware of let's leave these players with their local teams first build them up and wait till they get 18, 19, 20 and they're big strong men yeah. we look at them then so we don't have to do the donkey work yeah. in bringing them up well exactly yeah. you know and, and I think that's they're after getting wide to that in the last yeah. few years and that's what they're doing a lot of at the yeah. moment isn't it there is and the, and the academy systems have got better here they, they have put a bit of money into that all around the league yeah. you've got your, uh, your 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s, 19s whatever yeah, so yeah. There is a bit of a pathway now, which there wasn't before. Yeah. So there, there is the reality of you can do your leave and cert, but you can still be doing your training at night. If you're yeah. dedicated, you can balance the two. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it comes down to, really, dedication. And as I said, that's, I learned on the job. I was the first person in my family to go and play professional football. I was headstrong. I wanted to go. My family said, hey, if you want to go, it's up to you. We can't really stand in this way. Yeah. But I suppose 15 is too young. And... Yeah, it is. You know, it's you know, it's way too young. I'm thinking now. My my son is is seven. Yeah. You know, but I'm thinking, geez, a few years down the line, I'm yeah. thinking of letting him off the leash and go yeah. in and do his own thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. You know. So what happened then? What happened then, Roy? You got a few offers. Yeah. Who yeah. were the offers from? So I had it. I was signing for Fulham, who were in the Premier League yeah. at the time. Um, I, I had plenty of things going on, but the main ones was Fulham. Um, Coleman, I'd say was it? No, it was uh, Laurie Sanchez. Oh, Laurie Sanchez. Mm. And, yeah. uh, so I was I was due to sign. I was going over there on the, the Saturday morning to sign. And the the thing was, they were going to loan me back to Cork City oh, for yeah. rest of the, the rest of the season, and then to start fresh the next year. And I kind of I was agreeable to it, like you know, I was grand. And then, I come on the twelfth hour, Roy Keane, um, kind of, called me up. So we'll come down and meet me in Jory's. Where they they had a pre-season tour going on, and we'll come down and meet me in Jory's at ten o'clock tonight or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and that's it. As, as soon as of course, yeah, as soon as he made the call, were you, were you nervous meeting him? I was nervous because obviously he was, you know, an idol of mine growing up. Yeah. Himself, Dennis Starr, as I said, you know, fellas from Cork being there, doing it, you know, doing us all proud. Um, yeah, to meet him and you know, uh, it was great. He was, you know, we sat down like this, we had a conversation. What do you want? What do you want to do? Uh, where do you see your career going? How's your season been? Just very casual. And he kind of said, "Listen, we'd like to have you at Sunderland. Um, I'm doing what I'm doing there. I'm, I'm, I'm filling the club with people that I know and trust. Uh, there's a lot of Irish there. There's a lot of ex-Man United people there. There's a lot of staff that I know from previous that I brought along. And you know, I want you to come and be a part of that." Hello, everybody. Just to remind you all, uh, we are in the Opera House on 8 p.m. Saturday, the 25th of March, with Jimmy Barry Murphy and Shane Casey. Yeah, two very, very important figures in Cork City yeah and Jimmy Barry Murphy one of the the most inspirational sports stars we had in this city and Shane Casey yeah one Billy of Murphy the characters of the city yeah 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 uh, the real offender will meet the young offender as it were but if you're interested in getting tickets you can just go into the description of this video and there's not that many left either and we sold out last year so uh, don't be disappointed when we see you there yes. Saturday 25th March
Thank you. Were they championship at the time? Uh, they were in the Premiership then, the so premiership. this was their first year. In the there's a lot of attention on the club as well. Yes, you know? and uh, obviously, as you spoke about, there's a lot of attention on him anyway. Yeah. Former Man United yeah. captain. Nigel Quinn was the chairman. Nigel Quinn, well. yeah, so the Irish thing was, yeah. was huge. Um, and uh, yeah, so I decided to sign there. Uh, and I'm glad I did. As you said, the Irish connection was, was good as well. It was good crack there. Yeah. Good bunch of boys. But uh, I don't think anything could prepare you for the Premier League and, and the spotlight that comes with that. What was it like? Different. Um, <laughs> special. Special. Brilliant. Like, I mean, to be part of it, to be walking out there. And I mean, Sunderland. How many fans? 60, 50, 60? Yeah, Sunderland get about 50,000 50, yeah. every week. No matter what division they're in, they're just yeah. a religion From up there. Fox City was probably five to yeah, six. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 nice. winning winning trophies, we might get ten, or we might yeah. get yeah. twenty at the cup final. You know, that was a big day out. But big. every week was forty odd yeah. there. Religion, football was religion, and you've probably seen the documentaries. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. A lot of scrutiny on your performances and stuff like that. Ah, there would be. Yeah, there would be. And um, this was kind of pre-social media. This was more kind yeah, of fan yeah, yeah. fanzines, fans forum kind of thing. But uh, but yeah, I kind of went there, and and Ferris Roy threw me in early on. Uh, it was a shock to the system. Uh, my debut against Birmingham in the Premiership, I came on. It was coming on the right wing. The right wing, I pulled his hamstring as I came on. I ended up playing right back. Never played there That's in my life. So the first, my first couple of games, I played kind of as a, as a right back. Listen, I would have played on goal was for that, the opportunity was, to play. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> was Keith Fahey playing for Birmingham at the Keith time? Keith Fahey wasn't. He came the following year. I played against him a couple of years later when he when he went to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah but a good player. Field, good player as yeah. well, Keith. Yeah. Good lad as well. Yeah. I played him at a few different uh, age groups with Ireland. Good lad. Yeah. 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 So what happened after Sunderland? So uh, after Sunderland, I suppose, yeah. I, I suppose, really, when while Roy was there and Roy was kind of, you know, once I gave him 100% and he could see I was improving, he gave me game time. Ultimately, there was a chance then in my second year uh, to go on loan. He said, look, I'd like to see you play more regular. He said, I, I might only give you a handful of appearances here before Christmas. You've got Nottingham Forest or you've got Dundee United that are real keen to get you there. He said, Dundee United have been calling like since the end of last season. They want you up there. You'd probably play as a striker every game. And he said, it'd be good for you to get 20, 30 games, score plenty of goals, come back here. Yeah. Ready, ready to be competing yeah. for your, you know, spot in the team. Um, so I kind of took the advice. I, 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 I think I rushed the decision. I kind of had worked so hard in the, the off season. This was after a good, pretty good first season. Yeah, I'd worked so hard in the off season, you know, to to right. This is my year here, second year of my contract. At Sunderland, I suddenly want to really yeah. force the issue. I kind of week out from the season to be going on loan probably kind of hit me a little bit unbeknownst to me and but I decided anyway look I'll After go confidence a little bit. Oh uh, yeah I and I probably didn't realise that but I, I kinda I said look I'll go to Dundee United, uh shook hands at Roy, told the club, got organised, went up there and I swear as soon as I drove over the border I just said to myself, What have I done? Mm. What have I done? And I struggled so much for the only time I would say in my career mentally just I could not get myself going didn't want to be there mm -hmm. didn't feel like a good professional get up in the morning uh, you know like kind of a pit in my stomach feeling yeah. that like oh, I have to go here now yeah. can't be bothered I just don't want to be at this training ground didn't get a good feel from from the manager not sure he got me mm. um, do you know Dundee were they yeah. Dundee United, yeah. were they uh, President um, uh, club as well at the time. I don't know that. Would that have been a, a difficult? Yeah. Would 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 yeah. something because you're an Irish lad from Cork, a Catholic? Yeah. Did that ever affect anything? I don't think so. Not. Yeah. I don't. I would. I wouldn't think so. Not. They wore orange. That was about it. No, but no, no. Uh, I I wouldn't think that. You've would never be. had any issues like that. No, I didn't. I didn't really. I just uh, I found it going from the echelon of the Premier League, where the glitz and glamour. You're standing in the tunnel. Yeah. next to Ronaldo's and the yeah. Gerrards and all this yeah. to I'm going to Dundee United here they didn't have their own training ground um, you know just think little things were kind of annoying me like you know and just I just I, I just felt I made a mistake and yeah. I think I was struggling more with that than anything else yeah. more it was more my issue than anything else I think I was kind of using everything else as an excuse but yeah jeez I was going to like I love my training I love training I love games I love competing mm -hmm. But it was getting to uh, the point where I was getting out of bed, just going to training, barely talking to anybody. Training done, shower, home, as quick as I could. 
yeah. And just repeat. And that's not. I could not wait till the next transfer, and I wanted to get out of there so badly, so mm. badly. And how did you, how did your how did you play while you were there? We terrible. No, I played poor. I played poor. Really, I scored a goal or two or something. Uh, I sent off up there again. Sometimes you're trying too hard. Then I was yeah. kind of saying like I, again the spaces for a few weeks where I'm gonna, this yeah. is it. And I'm gonna just be a professional. Get your head in the game, kind of thing. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. Then I try too hard and I get sent off or you know just yeah, yeah. silly things I followed the manager I followed the manager a couple of times just because I he felt he'd asked your opinion on something and I give him an opinion not in a nasty or sneaky way but it was almost as he thought I was testing his authority mm. you don't ask me the question then you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know don't ask me the question if you don't want an answer yeah, yeah. you know so that I, and then the, I felt I felt the lads then kind of felt like because the manager me and the manager weren't getting on they kind of had to kind of Mm. Take a wide berth, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was it was all it was all me more than anything. Did you really. go back to Sunderland afterwards? Oh yeah, I I got recalled by Sunderland because I wanted to. I asked to be called back. Um, I was I couldn't be there anymore. Yeah, Talk, yeah. can I come back? Yeah, yeah, you can come back. No problem. Come down, train, get yourself right, and we we we'll take it from there. Yeah, yeah. And even in that, I'd organised all my my agent and with the club to go back. The manager of Dundee United calls a meeting with me. To say, oh yeah, we decided we're going, we're going to uh, send you back down to all till the end. Like it was all about power. He wanted yeah. control. I just, I was like, ah, no, whatever, whatever. <laughs> like you know what I mean. I just, you know, I said, but I'm looking back now. I, I and I know tough love and all that was different environment. It's amazing a support system that you need mm. in, in, in all walks of life. And sport is no different. If you don't have it, as I said, I have my family. But uh, within the within the football environment at that time. I just felt I was out my own, fighting yeah. my own battle and going through a mental thing at that time where I'd never been through before. Mm. Uh, even when I got released from Coventry, I always had this thing, oh, you know, you might. You, I cried for five minutes about it. Yeah. I got upset about it, but ultimately I can walk, I can play football, I can, yeah. there's a hundred other clubs, I can probably find my yeah, way yeah, back, yeah. you know? And I, I did. But now I'm, I, I'm here, I'm going from playing the Premier League against Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United to couldn't get myself going to play in the SPL. Yeah. And that was on me and my my mental game. So again, you did, know Did you end up at Northampton after No, so from from there I went I had a, uh, then I had a nomadic period of next eighteen months. I went back to Sunderland Roy. I kinda got the sack around the same time I was wanting to come back. So new manager come in, Steve Bruce didn't really yeah. want any do me. So I went on loan to Blackpool. They needed a right winger. Mm. I said, "Listen, if you need a goalkeeper, I'm. I just want to play football." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to Blackpool. Uh, they were in the championship at the time. Started playing some really good football. The weight of Dundee and all that was off. Um, we're in orange again. We're in orange again. <laughs> unfortunately, didn't suit my complexion either. <laughs> um, but went to Nor went to Blackpool, and it was going well. And then, uh, you know, I got um, what did I get? Appendicitis. Halfway through the loan spell. So just when I was kind of starting to kind of mm. get motoring again, I yeah. kind of got knocked back down. And so there was a few things. And, but the next year I went on loan to Hartlepool anyway. Long story short. I went on loan to Hartlepool at the time. Joe Gamble, yeah. Dennis Bean, Leon McSweeney, three guys that were at Cork City with yeah. me were there in League One. They were struggling. I went there on loan, scored a bag of goals as a striker. Comfortable. Had a support network in football and out of football. Great. And that kind of I went back then. I played for, went to Coventry, uh, who I'd been as a U team player. Went back there as a first team player now. Cheers, mm. uh, yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, exactly. So when the opportunity to go back there came up, I could have stayed at Hartlepool. I was a couple of other teams in, in that division, League One at the time. I kind of said, I kind of have to take yeah. this. I have to, yeah. you know, full circle kind of thing. And Eddie Bootroyd uh, took me there. I kind of liked Eddie. He was a um, good speaker. Yeah could buy into what he said, he made you feel a million bucks. You know, he was a good, good man manager, good speaker. Mm. Um, and I went there, I got injured early on in pre-season. I played a couple of, I came off the bench a couple of times. Uh, we were flying, so he didn't change the team much, which is fine, I wasn't going to argue with that. He, we were top of the league, kind of come Christmas time. Brilliant, great buzz. February time, we lost, we lost about seven or eight games in a row. 80, lost his job. So the guy that liked me brought me in. Mm has lost his job. So I'm back to kind of thinking. Who's coming uh, in here? Yeah, yeah. So, so Coventry was, yeah, it was, a, it was an unfortunate time really. Um, 
I, I, like I played I played some games there I did, probably didn't get the chance I'd run a games I would have liked but AD then brought me to Northampton yeah. so again the manager that brought me to Coventry he went to Northampton and he brought me there with him and, and that, that was good times you got so. promotion we got to the playoff final yeah so playoff. we had it like in Wembley yeah, it was not great to lose at Wembley. I tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and we, yeah, but uh, it was, yeah, it was fantastic. It was yeah. a good, it was good, good as well. A good club. Felt very like Cork City in a, in a way. Yeah, I'm only back from there myself. Oh ah, yeah, you, yeah. It's a, it's a nice place as it's well. It's grand. Yeah. All my all my mother's uh, side of the family. They have oh, really? a, a good few of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not it's actually a big place. Yeah, it's not yeah. a small place. Is but it's a racing town as well. It's a town, but it's actually bigger than Cork. Oh really? Isn't it? It's it's a big probably place. yeah it, it yeah. But um, it it's it's a nice spot. I enjoyed it over there. I was over there for a break, just seeing the family and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I could see they are a big. Were they were they a competitive club? Mm. They were, and they were putting money into doing up their stadium. And yeah. at the time, we Clark Carlisle would have been the skipper who had played in the Premiership under eighty at Watford. We had the beast, uh, Akin Fenwa, who you'd know from Soccer AM and all yeah, that. Right. He was up front with me. Draw Claire Carlyle. Yeah. Is that the guy that had difficulties that's, that's right. That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he he had a few mental issues himself and he tried to commit suicide um, a couple Amazingly, of times. He survived. He went out in front of a truck or he went off he a bridge? He threw himself off a bridge in front of a truck. Yeah. I think that... Uh, can... Well, he goes and gives talks now about um, oh, well-being. Yeah. He's, he's a powerful guy. I mean, yes, uh, I played with him and I never... Again, you never do t- can never tell, but always the most chipper, loud, mm. friendly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never would have thought he struggled then. with anything, yeah. you know. But you don't know what happens when no. they go home. You don't know. It's a facade as well. You like. know, it probably. And um, but it's good that he did survive and he's he's able to give these talks and yeah. and and you know give people some strength like because you're you know, not crying out for for help if you're jumping off a bridge in front of a you truck. Just want it over, don't you? Like yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. game over. Mm-hmm. To survive something like that. Mm. And to be able to go in and do talks and help yeah. people. There's yeah. no one with better experience to be able to give these talks than someone yeah. that was actually at that stage of their life That's where they wanted to end it. Remember uh, Brian, you know? yeah. Brian, Brian Lenehan here as well. That's uh, right, yes. He was a whole, and a lot of like what George talking about there, he experienced that as well. Like he'd bad injuries, but change in management can have a huge effect on your career as well, well you know. And then one manager I buys into, he gets sacked, the next manager don't fancy at all. Yes. And then, like, you have injuries on top of that, and then a recurring injury. You can see how your mental health would go. You think everything is against you, you know? And it's as simple as that. And if, you do, if, you, if you're not strong to who you are as a person, you can start getting very paranoid about who you talk to. You can start getting very kind of uh, protective of your spot in the club. And, you know, it's a strange thing. And it's a strange culture as well as in, in England, you know? They talk about coaching and tactics and... You watch Sky Sports and you see all the, the moving to subutio men around the table and all. <laughs> but then you not in the forest. You're talking about going back to the basics of football, team spirit, winning games, having fun with your mates, yes. yeah. togetherness. Not in the forest got promoted to the Premiership last year. July transfer window. Twenty five players or something. Yeah. How many? Twenty five players. They signed. Right? Completely no squad. What? So you know that's how's that for what about all these guys that got them promoted? I, I, I get you're going to have to sign. They know that. You're going to have to sign players to compete. But that's your culture completely gone, isn't it? Every, everything you've just built up there, you're wiping it out onto the next. Yeah. I just don't yeah. get Throw that. Throw the bank know? at the likes of Jesse Lingard, yeah. who's a mercenary. And, you know, well, and, 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 I, don't yeah. know, I don't know him, but obviously they, they paid the highest bankroll there. Yeah. made a, a great <laughs> point there, Roy, as well, about the team, about the team spirit. And, and for me, I think that's one of the most important factors. Mm-hmm. If you have 12, uh, 11 lads going out on the pitch, they are willing to fucking die for each mm-hmm. other and play with each other and they all get on. Yeah. That's, that's better than any you know, what, yes. you know what's a good yes. example of that at the moment Man United Man United with Ronaldo mm. and Pogba and these mm. guys they were uh, individuals yeah. which now they have the likes of Lissandro Martinez and Casemiro and you know fellas like that are, even when the defenders when they tackle they're all over hugging each yeah. other and they're not bumping each other yeah. that's what you want the, the mm. togetherness is yeah, important it's, it's very important in any team and the higher you go up because of the ego because of the money because of the superstardom that they, yeah. they get now, it's probably very hard for managers to to kind of keep that. But I think, yeah, you're right. I think with Man United at the moment, they've got rid of kind of that yeah. glitz and glamour and distraction. Yeah. And they're all certainly buying into likes of Rashford and that are shining yeah. at the moment, aren't yeah, they? So. Who's banging in goals? Well, Casemiro is another level, but mm. that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my, 
growing up in my house, we were all Pats fans because my dad is from Dublin, right. from Inchicore. So I remember years ago he was a mascot for Pats and right. uh, Pat Dolan was the manager at the time. Yeah. I remember being in the dressing room, you know, as the mascot, he used to give out fuck to the players. Oh, like, yeah, he was yeah. very vocal, weren't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they would have been Paul Ozam and Eddie Gormley, Trevor Malloy. They had a good team. They were the league champions and stuff as well. But um, uh, the last time Pats won the league, the top goal scorer was Anto Flood. And at the end of the season, Anto Flood emigrated to Australia to play because the reality for a lot of League of Ireland fellas is at the end of the season, you're signing on the all. A lot of them, you know. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not like full-time 12-month yeah. contract over a period of years. But you ended up going to Australia too. What was it like going to Australia? What what kind of was the standard? Did it surprise you? Or? Yeah, it did. I, I always, uh, going back to Cox, I, when we used to go on these European trips, I, have, I always had this kind of wanderlust of thinking, I'd like to play abroad. Like, not just England. I always had this in my thing. Yeah. You know, we're over in Czech Republic or yeah, yeah, Sweden, yeah. wherever we are. It's like, yeah, I like, it's a bit different I like it you know so I, in the back of my head when I was in England I had the, kind of this thing I wanted to play in America or Australia I'd like to give the MLS a chance or the A-League I used to watch a bit of it on Sky Sports at the did time did you stay in England for how long did I you stay so after North, after AD, AD got the sack we got to the playoff final mm -hmm. and within three months of the next season I had a few injuries I had a couple of operations um, and AD had been sacked by the time I came back and I just said you know what I, I need to change here mm -hmm. Uh, George O'Callaghan yeah. who was becoming a super agent at the time he said would you like to go and play for the Sultan of Brunei's team mm. as their marquee player <laughs> and I goes no but sounds lucrative no and I put the phone <laughs> down exactly yeah but he kept ringing anyway and eventually I kind of goes you know what I'll give it a go this was February obviously the season runs in, in England uh, August to, to May Yeah. so I was thinking right I've had these operations I've been injured why don't I just go February to October Go over to the their their season, their summer season. Yeah. Come back flying in England next year. I went over to to Brunei, which was off beat. Yeah. To yeah. go over play there, middle of Malaysia, middle of Borneo. And uh, went They're over. Wealthy, wealthy. Wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So the house, car, money, yeah. taxes paid, all that kind of carry on. Um. But the opportunity for me to go and just play football and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. I went for the nine months, scored a load of goals, got myself super fit, bit of sunshine as well. I was glowing. <laughs> um, so I went and I enjoyed it, loved it, and I opened my eyes. I was thinking, I'm not going back to England here. George was trying to then say, hey, go back to England, you're 28, go back. This You're flying now. Yeah. I can open a few doors here with your farm. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not interested. And Anyway, long story short, after a few months, anyway, I ended up going to uh, the A-League in Australia. And it was a chance as well, going there with, with my wife, it was a chance to kind of um, settle down, you know, mm. properly, yeah. you know, make family, make a home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's how that's how it worked out. No, I, I self-destructed once or twice along the way as well within that and tried to ruin it for everybody. But uh, yeah, went to Australia. The standard over there, football, really good. It's tough to play in, in the sun, mm. but they play in big stadiums. They've got TV deals. Every game is on the TV. What kind of a capacity? Do, is it a big following? Yeah, well, if when, when I went there, it was full stadiums everywhere. Go ahead. Yeah. What's that? What's the full stadium? Uh, so we used to go and play against Melbourne Victory, would have won the big clubs. They would get 25,000 at their games. Yeah, we would play Wanderers, Western Sydney Wanderers, I should say. They would get 20,000 at their stadium. Always playing for Mariners, yeah. Central Coast Mariners. We were down the league at the time, but we'd get average about 15,000 yeah, when I went to 2015. But in between that, there's been a few, yeah. there's been problems with the Football Association and fans. They kind of change of uh, TV deal as well. There's, no, there's, there's no, been a few no. issues um, and fans have kind of felt a bit distanced from the powers that be. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, the, the fans have kind of come back after COVID as well a little bit. Mm. Uh, obviously, I, I commentate more on the football now than I, I do play in the A-League. Mm. Uh, are you this, still playing? I'm still playing. I'm playing for Sydney Olympic who are a Greek club that play would, what would be the, like equivalent to the championship now in Australia. So, yeah. I played for six, seven seasons in the A League. Um, Have you got a good work-life balance over that? That's exactly well. That's and that's what I found. That's what I found. I, I kind of, I'm happy. I'm comfortable. I can go and be serious about my football, you know, and and be honest when I'm playing my football. But can also go away and I don't have to kind of worry about bad weather. I can get the kids out in the sun. I can kind of nice. enjoy my life as well, uh, and still have the challenge of what is a good league. And I know. 
people are, you know, people are elitist, you know. The yeah. be-all, end-all is, is English football. Be in England, play in England. England's where it's, it's not. There's so I many think. great leagues around the world. There's so much talent out there. I would say to young kids, you know, have a look around. Mm. Have a look what suits your style of football. If you're a technical player mm. and you're not the biggest, maybe England's not for you. Mm. Can you get, try and play in Holland, I Belgium? Want, do you know, you know? The, the, the European uh, Cups are... Uh, as the European Conference League no yeah I was watching the well, I'd watch two fucking I'd watch anything no yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a football yeah. involved I'd watch it I don't <laughs> care what league it is but I was watching this the highlights of that and I was there Graham Carey plays for uh, Stowe Bucharest I That's think right, he's playing yeah. for in the Conference right. League but he a lot of years at Plymouth Plim- Argyle a great yeah. left leg but he's a fellow in the middle of the Europe I do his team but yeah. great experience yeah. Yeah. he's still playing in Europe still playing at a good level he's right too and I, he, I think he came through at Celtic he went to Plymouth yeah. great from set piece he might have played a back up to Scotland for he might have played in Bowes for years so I, I think I might be right there but he's right though he's playing for a big club over there yeah. he's done well but you know at the moment yeah. a championship player or a first division player player in the in, in England yeah. could go to the likes of China or maybe uh, Qatar yes. and get the equivalent of what top Premiership players yes. are getting, mega, mega money. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting serious money. Yeah. Uh, like look, look at Ronaldo at the moment and how much he's getting. Imagine how much the players on that team that he's playing with. But them yeah. leagues are only going to grow. The Saudi leagues, the Qatar leagues, yeah. the UAE leagues. Right? Well, the spotlight now is on that it league is. because of Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've started to notice that there's there's stuff coming up on my phone now. Or oh, this team is playing. I never heard of this team yeah, in my life. Yeah, 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 or Ronaldo's yeah. playing. Just, That's it. Sponsors uh, now coming in, and yeah. all of a sudden it's all over the place, you know. Yeah. What's post career? What, what's up, post, so, so at the moment I'm transitioning, as they would say. So I'm, uh, as I said, I'm playing the equivalent of the championship for Sydney Olympic. Yeah. The promo- uh, I was saying to Timmy earlier, the promotion relegation is coming in, which hasn't been. So there will be a chance for them to, to go up next year. I would, I would think. Um, but I'm playing. I'm assistant manager from this season on as well, but I work so uh, for Paramount Plus and Network Ten. So I do like the punditry and uh, yeah. you know, commentary nice and stuff like that. So are you going to get into management? Is that the goal? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I've just finished my UEFA license actually with the FAI. Um, just to have it, kind of have yeah, your, yeah, your yeah, PhD in football. Open. You know, yeah, like yeah, 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 I've 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 learnt it all on the pitch. Yeah. I might just try and pass on a bit of knowledge. Exactly. You do a bit of commentary as well. A, a bit yeah. of yeah, pundit punditry so far. Yeah. You, I I have. Yeah. You can notice that because of the way you speak. Yeah, you, yeah, you do yeah. speak very well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you've you had experience, yeah. and you can see it, can't you, James? Yeah, yeah, so fair yeah. player that could be. You will that's it. I I, I enjoy that. that. I enjoy being able to speak on yeah. football. As you said, yeah, I'd yeah, watch yeah. football anywhere. Yeah, uh, I know about it. I like speaking about it. And the A League, I played in it for six, seven years. Scored loads of goals. I think people respect my opinion on it as well. So yeah. that helps. Mm, yeah. Um, so I like that. I like a bit of the coaching. I suppose I'll find out if I get the grow for that mm-hmm. as it goes on because I'm still in player mindset. I'm still going to be a player. <laughs> I'm the assistant manager, but I'll kind of be, it'll be more like a captain thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah, I still yeah. want to be one of the lads. You still you want know? the glory. You know what I mean? Well, I still, that's want, to, I still <laughs> want to score the goals. I'm closing that 200 career goals. Yeah, yeah lads. Oh, trying, you know what I mean? Are you closing on 200? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at 170 odd. So we that's what I mean. We talked today about ups and downs, playing Premier League, playing for Cork City, being flat as a pancake up in Scotland and all these loans and injuries yeah. but you know what it's like life ups and downs and you just have to kind of sometimes any, any advice for a would-be footballer starting out or maybe somebody that's just after coming back from England or somebody that's after being through an injury and they're feeling like it's not going to happen from yeah well I suppose the best advice my, my mum ever gave, gave me was you could only do your best yeah you can only do your best and the best advice, I suppose, my, my dad ever gave me was get knocked down nine times, stand up ten. Yeah. And that's that's as simple as that. And that just yeah. any walk of life, that's good advice. Exactly. You know, things get tough. You're going to go through tough times. But, you know. Make sure you have the right people around you. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know. Make sure you have the right people around you to give you the, the best r- advice possible. And do. And as your mother and father says, mm. we all get knocked down, we get mm. back up. Yeah. yeah. Living I've Absolutely. three quick fire questions oh, to finish. Yeah. So don't think about it now. Right, sir. Highlight of your career? Uh playing the Premier League. Best player you played with? Oh, it's a good one. Um let me think. I suppose 
a couple on on paper, yeah. Andy Cole and Dwight York. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. bad. <laughs> they, pro- they probably weren't at their peak at that time, though. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Still at it, though. But they they, they still had that class and quality. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you're reading yeah. the game and stuff. Absolutely, and I learned a lot. They were strikers in the yeah. squad, and the whole the play, their clever yeah. movements. You know, best player you played against. Um, I suppose on their day, at 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 that time, Gerard and Torres for Liverpool. Yeah, mm. together. In tandem, they were they were they were brilliant. I, they, they had a thing together. Didn't they, they did, yeah. And I, I was lucky. I got to play against um, Chelsea and and Man United and Liverpool. And United had uh, Ronaldo's and mm-hmm. and the Rooney's and Scholes and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think for performance on the day, mm-hmm. the two lads like just yeah. Unreal. Gerard always looked for him when he had the ball. Unbelievable. Torres was the best striker in the oh, world at the time. It actually he? reminds me. Look, look who was feeding him balls. Like. Yeah. It's br- it reminds me of De Bruyne and yeah. Haaland now. Yeah. Yeah. De Bruyne is unbelievable for just. Yeah. just you're a striker's yeah. dream. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Just putting balls. Just yeah. get there. He, even his movement off the ball. De Bruyne, he's always moving he's into always, space. Always, always involved. Ball, like. He's brilliant. Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. It's been a pleasure, right? My pleasure. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Thanks for your time, you mate. And how you thought all the people in Australia that listen to the podcast as well. Yeah. Good work, yeah. boys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Please, God, we'll come to Australia sometime, Tim. Most definitely. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and Happy New Year to everybody. God bless. See you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.